My name is Verlani and I'm excited uh, to be with you guys this afternoon. And uh, yeah, I wasn't nervous until this very moment, so I'm gonna pray. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's what we do, right? When we're being a little, you know, anxious, let's do that. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this word. We thank you for this moment. We thank you, God, that you are doing, you've already done something uh, in us during worship, and we're just continuing on with that theme that you love us. And we so thank you that you would fill this room with your love. And so we thank you for that. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's give it up for the worship team. Yes. They crushed it. Always so incredible. Yeah. Um, Hey, so a little bit about me. Uh, I've been with our church for a few years now and something uh, that I love to do here at church because I do a few things uh, is teach at, at Church Alive College. And so, yes, yes, college. Ah! <laughs> I love Church Alive College. Um, and if you are looking to grow, shameless plug, if you're looking to grow in your knowledge uh, of the Bible and leadership and grow in your capacity, hey, college is a great next step for you. Um, I've just learned so much about, uh, oh, it's been a lot of fun. And so I like to see that too, because maybe a fun fact about me is uh, I am a PhD candidate. Uh, so I am currently pursuing my... <laughs> <laughs> So um, I get to pursue my PhD at Liberty University, and uh, I, you know, it's amazing to think a uh, few years in the road, and I'm almost done next year, God willing. But um, what's awesome about that is actually a conversation I had with Pastor Anthony last summer. And it was so funny because, you know, we have conversations with our pastors all the time and you don't realize at the moment that they're actually going to inspire you to do something of significance. And so, because uh, you're just like, oh, hey, we're just, we're just chatting here. And um, I want to just take the moment to honor our senior pastors because it was just a simple conversation that led to this, uh, my thesis getting approved over the summer, which was inspired by them. <laughs> and now we get to, well, hopefully someone will benefit from my research as I go into it uh, next year. So can we give it up for the vision, for the people, for the awesomeness of our pastors? Yes, yes, so good, yes, come on, yeah, hallelujah. <laughs> I love it. Oh, cool, now that we're all stretched out and we're... <laughs> Hey, let's go into our main text for today. And it's going to be in Isaiah 9-6, right? Keeping in line with the theme, home, not alone. And it says, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God everlasting father, prince of peace. You know, oh yeah, <laughs> I love it. We read scripture, we're like in it, it's great. Um, but I wanna take a jab at answering this question. You know, why is it that in this season, we can be home, not alone? You know, a, a recent survey uh, 
questions, you know, asked respondents last year, um, and it's from the Making Care Common, 36% of people that responded to this survey said that they felt lonely, either frequently or almost all the time. And 61% of those respondents were between the ages of 18 through 25. You know, as of 2021, this year, 28% of Americans live alone. You know, back in 1960, it was just 13%. And by 1980, it had increased to 23%. An additional 11 million households are headed by a single parent, a number that has tripled since 1965. You know, those are the facts. Those are the statistics, that's the research, that is the current condition of our country that about a third of Americans live alone, feel alone. But that isn't the truth. And that is my encouragement for us today, that that is not the truth. You know, I find that we can be home. We can find a place that we know is home, that has the comfort of home, that has the safety of home, and yet feel alone. You know, some of us have made Church Alive home, have made New Jersey home, and yet feel alone. And I just felt like this title, Home, Not Alone, is an encouragement to us that it is actually that we could be home, not alone. We can be home and not depressed. We can be home and not anxious. We can be home and not suicidal. We can be home and have hope. We can be home and have joy. We can, have, we can be home and have peace. It is possible. And so I say that to say because maybe we can find that home is not just in a place, but it's actually in a person. You know, I just want that to sink in for us today that you are home. And with this person, you're not alone. You know, Isaiah the prophet was prompted all throughout the book to share what God was saying to him. And in this particular passage, it was to share to the people a message of hope after the Syrians and the Assyrians had devastated their land. A reminder that home would be found in a person and not in a destination. You know, Isaiah then goes on to tell us in chapter 7, verse 14, it says, The virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel which means God with us, right? We sang that earlier today. Let it be known that Jesus, that very name, that very person, Jesus is with you. And so I find that Jesus is the ultimate sign that God loves us. And so my prayer for us is that it wouldn't be what I say, but actually that you would feel the love of your heavenly father today. His love that lavishes on us, who, who with every gift that comes from him is perfect. And who calls and acknowledges you as a son, as a daughter, that you may feel his love because he is not ashamed of you.
The fact, the reality is that God the Father, as Pastor Steve encourages, He covers us. And so I hope that you leave this place just overwhelmed by His love because home is found in the Father. You know, for us to embrace that we're home and not alone, we actually must embrace God as a father. But how do we do that, right? How is that possible? Because the reality is some of us may not have grown up with a biological father. We don't know, or we, our relationship with that person is a little bit of strange, or maybe we have the best relationship. But even then, sometimes we bring God into that level, and he is so much greater, so much better than that, okay? And so, <laughs> yeah, I want to just encourage us that, man, maybe for some of us, we need to embrace a few truths about who God is. Um, ooh, man, I, I skipped a page. So we're gonna run it back. Uh, but I really want us to know that the truth is simple, right? You're home, you're not alone, because God is a father, right? That's the truth. And I felt like someone needed to hear that as I was preparing for this message, is that God is a father. And so for some of us who are taking notes today, the title of my message is The Antidote to Loneliness. That's the title. And hopefully to know that if you hear nothing else from this message, hear that the antidote to loneliness is found in receiving the Father's love. God is a father. He's just not any father. He is a good father. He is actually the best. He is perfect. And my hope is that through the prophet's words, I can actually show a case that we experience a love that overwhelms us to start to think about how deeply God knows us, how much he loves us, how much we're seen by him, and actually how much we're thought about. The fact that he created the universe and thought about us in the beginning, and he still thinks of us now. You know, I, it would override this notion that you would need to do life alone. Because what happens, I, I, I'm always on Instagram and things like that, and I see that in society, we've kind of glorified success as this achievement that one must complete on their own, that it's not done in community. Actually, it's done on my own. I have to close myself off. I got to lock myself up and work 100 hours and give up six months of my life and just focus and not talk to anybody, and then I'll be successful. You know, that if I show up to all these, or the other way, right, where we kind of do this people-pleasing thing, and we show up to all these events, we go to all these places, and then maybe I'll just, maybe I'll be accepted by X. And so Mark actually tells us, but, you know, maybe we just might lose it, though, right? Like, can you imagine not talking to a single human being for six months? Oh, wait, that actually might have happened in 2020. <laughs> Wonder what the consequences of that was, right? And it says in Mark chapter 8, 36, it says, what good would it do to get everything you want and lose you, the real you? Was it worth? Was it worth it? You know? And so God's promise to us is that he is with us and that promise is fulfilled through Jesus, right? Jesus being, again, that ultimate sign that God loves us. 
So how do we embrace God as a father, right? We, we, it's, it's one of those things where I know that we as a son, we as a daughter sometimes have a hard time accepting this truth that God loves us, loves you the way you are in this very moment. And then obviously as we grow in relationship with him, things evolve, things change. And so for us, if we're taking notes, the first truth I feel like we need to embrace about God as a father is that God is a father that is for us. See, the scripture says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. It is for, for implies reason. It was actually funny, earlier this week, uh, Pastor Anthony and Pastor Steve and I were talking about this message and how we were gonna articulate it. And I, like, as soon as I said for, I got like the tears in my eyes and I'm like, <laughs> because I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my brain around the fact that it was for us that Jesus came. It was for me. It was for you. God sent Jesus for us. He did. You know, Jesus attests to this when he tells Nicodemus about the importance of being born again and shows the significance of believing in him as a way of God demonstrating his love for us. John 3, 16 right? It says again, for this is how God loved the world, right? He does not discriminate. It is the world he loves. He said he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. I love that it's for God, right? For and then Paul tries to make, makes this case. Um, he doesn't try, he does it. Uh, Paul makes a case to the Jews and the Gentiles who needed to be reminded that it wasn't their traditions, it wasn't their religious obligations, it wasn't their lack or lack thereof, right? Regardless of how you got here, that would earn the love of God. It was actually whether or not they believed in Jesus. See, Romans 8.31 tells us, if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for you, if God is for that promotion, if God is for the things that you are following him for, who can be against you? Yeah. Romans 8, and then he goes on to say, and I love this, he goes, Romans 8, 38, he says, I am absolutely convinced, Paul says, that nothing nothing living or dead, angelic nor demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get in between us and God's love. Because the way, right, the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. What an incredible promise. Nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of this father, of God, our father. Yeah, amen. And Paul was convinced that if he believed in Jesus, seeing life from that perspective, found that only in Christ could we actually experience the love of God. And so I want you to know that you are home. And you're not alone because you have a father 
that is for you. Amen. Number two, God is a father that cares. And as it says in Isaiah, and the government will be upon his shoulders, right? God is not just a father, but he's, a God, he's, a, he's not a father that just cares, but he cares enough to carry. You know, it's not like you would think that it'd be enough that God speaks to us, right? The, the creator of the universe decides that he wants to speak to me personally. And no, he takes it one step further when he sends Jesus to be with us. It is because God cares to carry that Jesus carried the weight of our sin, the weight of our burdens, our troubles. And so Isaiah confirms this again when he talks about Jesus in another revelation in Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5. And it says, yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But Jesus, right? He was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. That is Jesus. And it's so important. I thank God for Jesus because it should have been me. It should have been me. It should have been you. Yet God in his infinite wisdom sends Jesus not only to be with us, but to carry. You know, Jesus verifies this when he speaks to the people, including his disciples. And he reveals himself in God, as God in this way. And in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, he says, then Jesus says to the people, come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest, right? This is Jesus, again, revealing himself as God. He says, I will carry it. You put your yoke upon me, for my burden is light, right? And so that's so powerful. Pastor Anthony reminds us of this truth all the time that God sees, God knows and God cares. God cares about you so much. And I hope that you can feel that in this moment. You know, uh, former Broncos wide receiver, Demarius Thomas, who actually passed away over the weekend due to medical reasons at the age of 33, super tragic. Um, but he said this, and I thought it was so powerful to share and even just to honor him and his life and the work that he's done. He says, you know, I talk to a lot of kids who have parents in prison or who have left them when they were young for one reason or another. I know the anger, I, the pain, the fear, but especially the loneliness. They just want somebody to say, I care about you but that doesn't happen often enough. And so they get into trouble. And then he goes on to say, he says, as men, as athletes, we all don't like to talk about love. We talk about brotherhood and all that, but not love. And he says, but it's the most important thing in a child's life. 
God knew that the most important thing that he could send was his love. That it wouldn't be just a love in speech, it'd be a love in action. Jesus is love personified. And we get to experience that love because he is with us. Emmanuel, God with us, that is Jesus. And so we're so thankful for Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so I want to remind us that you are home. Not alone because... You have a God who's a father and he cares for you. And so the last truth I want us to embrace about God as a father is that God is a father. It is in his name. It's in his name, right? And Isaiah tells us again, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. God is a father, period. End statement. He, it is who he is. He, again, Pastor Steve reminds us, he does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow forever. He is our father. He is. He really is. And so I find that through him, I actually find my purpose. And so sometimes what ends up happening, we, we become lonely or we have this moment of loneliness because we have lost our way. We've lost our, our purpose, our reason, our why. And so Moses had a similar moment and he confirms this fully that God was, who, who was God? Who would it be, right? And before committing to his purpose, Moses struggled to embrace God God's love as a father, and then he actually accepts his purpose. And often God wants us to work through our unworthiness with him. God wants us to work out through our shame with him, the things we've done with him. He wants to do that for you. And so before Moses goes on and embraces God and his purpose, he wants to be clear as to how he should describe God to others, right? And some of us will be here today for this. And it says Exodus in chapter three, verse 13 through 15. Then Moses said, God, uh, it said, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God says to Moses, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever and this is my memorial to all generations i find that god wants to say uh, it's it's i am right maybe you haven't fully embraced this idea that you're home because you're still trying to figure out your why like why am i here why am i what what is this all for and i felt so strongly to encourage us to say stop asking why and start acknowledging who 
Who is it that sent you? Who is it that called you? Who is it that wants to acknowledge you as a son? As a who is it that created you? Who fashioned you? Who knows you? Because he had a thought for you even before you were a speck in your parents' eyes. This is the God we serve. God is in his infinite love for us since Jesus and through the words of Isaiah, we can stop wandering and start wondering. This is the season of Christmas where we can awaken wonder again that the miraculous birth of Jesus is just that. It's a miracle. And it was so ordained for us to be able to encounter him that way. Paul reminds us uh, that God wants to live in us. And we find that in Ephesians chapter two, verse 19 through 22. And I love this encouragement for us. It says, that's plain enough, isn't it? You are no longer wandering exiles. I just felt that for people. You are, stop wandering. Stop wandering. You're not in a desert. You are home. Stop wandering. Wonder. Wonder why. Wonder. Awaken the dream again. It's possible. The kingdom of faith, Paul says, is now your home country. You are no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here. I don't know how you got here, but it doesn't matter. He is building a home. And in what he's building, he used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation, but now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God feels quite at home. So as, yeah, can we give that up? Yeah. Love that. Yeah, amen. And so as I start to close, I really wanted to remind us that the very reason, the very reason we are home and not alone is because of Jesus. You know, embracing the Father's love is possible when we embrace the Son. And we embrace the Son by believing in Him. And so 1 John reminds us of this in chapter four, verse 14 through 16, it says, and we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. You know, I find that maybe today though, you're sitting here and you're like, okay, I feel like I'm home. Like this is, this is it, I'm home. But 
man, there's just something that has not uh, allowed you to fully experience the benefit of having Christ as your Lord and Savior. Or maybe you just haven't embraced the love of the Father fully because there is just something there that has prevented you from seeing it or even just feeling it. And so I wanna encourage us as we pray that if that's you, I, I want you to raise your hand at the end. And also maybe for some of us, Pastor Anthony mentioned along the way that maybe we stopped embracing Jesus. We kept going our own way and we, we forgot Jesus right back behind us. And this is an opportunity again to maybe pick like go ahead and follow him again to stop pause a little bit and say okay jesus let me let me catch up again let me find you again let me pursue you again or maybe you're here and you just haven't fully placed your confidence in jesus stuff has happened this year and you're like mm, i don't know if i can trust him but i love our worship team and how he they said how sweet it is to trust you, Jesus. They feel like it's a, a paradox. They're like It's not very sweet sometimes, but I want to just encourage us that it is because it's a love that is real. It's sweet because it's a love that is real. And so I want to encourage us that you have the opportunity today to do that, to place your trust in a sweet, loving, amazing, incredible Father who only wants to lavish his love on you, but also develop this relationship with you so you can grow and be the son, be the daughter and everything that God has called you to be. And so for now, with every head, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And I just wanna lead us in a prayer. And for those of us in our church family, you'll repeat after me. And those who wanna follow Jesus, hey, we'll ask you to raise your hand just in a second. So let's pray. And repeat after me, Father God, thank you for loving me, for sending Jesus, your one and only son to die for me. I confess that I need you and ask for your forgiveness. Help me receive your love right now in the name of jesus we pray amen and so with eyes still closed yeah if that was you hey can we raise our hands if you're following jesus and deciding to make that decision yep i see those hands yeah i see that i see those hands over there see in the back up there Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this word. I pray that again, it would be your love that you would lavish on your sons and daughters and that they would know, they would truly know that you are God, but that you're Father too. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.